Did you look out the window this, more, uh, this week? Did you look out the window a few days ago and see softly falling snow? Uh, it seems like, you know, when we're not expecting snow, it snows. And then maybe like this morning when we think it's going to snow, it didn't really snow. But earlier this week, did you look out your window and see softly falling snow? Uh, a little later, did you look out the window or, or go driving through town and see the blanket of white covering cars and lawns and roofs? Isn't it so peaceful? Such peaceful feeling, the blanket of white snow on everything. So it's really easy for us in our lives today to, to relate to the Advent theme today, right? The Advent theme for today is peace. And I, I know everything in your life lines up with that theme. So it's just, it's really easy to understand peace because when you think about your schedule coming up the next few days or few weeks, when you think about your responsibilities and all that God has given you to do, when you think about all of your relationships and all of your circumstances and all that life has on your plate, I'm sure the word that comes to your mind is peace. Or maybe you relate to this. Maybe you wake up in the morning with an idea of what peace would look like in your life, with expectations of what peace would, would lead to, and then what? Doesn't always go that way. And then to come crashing down, realizing that my in intensity, my increasing anger, my frustration is not at God's at, not at God for not providing peace, it's at my false expectations of what peace would look like. And, and what does my expectation of, of peace look like? It's probably built on circumstances and relationships and things horizontal to us in the world. My expectation of peace was built on those things in my kingdom of one instead of being built vertically. Does anybody relate to that? Um, this week, as I prepared as well, I was reminded of, um, of a story about Michael Jordan, and I'm sure you relate to this. Well, probably not the part about being one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. I don't relate to that either. But Michael Jordan was known after his Hall of Fame career for a couple of, of, a couple of different times this came up in interviews where Michael Jordan indicated that even after his career was over, he would, he would look back to basketball as having been a place he could go for peace, as, as been a, a, a place where his time was invested, where he would, would find kind of refuge and peace. And then, and then more years would go by, post-career, years and years later, and he was still in interviews saying things like, uh, indicating how he was still searching for that peace outside of the game of basketball. It was like, what do I do with myself if I can't find peace where I'm looking for it? What, if, what I built my life around and what I decided gave me peace is no longer there, and, and I'm still looking for it. I'm still wondering how I find peace. What about you? Where do you think you find peace? 
the Kents, Kents were up here, did an excellent job helping us think through some, some horizontal circumstances that we sometimes depend on too much, people and circumstances and health and well-being. Where do you put your peace? Where do you find your peace? How do we experience true peace? Just for a couple minutes, I want to, and this may sound familiar if you were with us last Sunday because it's, it's in some ways the same place I started. We can go back to the beginning of God's story to us in the Bible. We can go back to the beginning of, of God's redemption story in the very beginning of the Bible. In the, in the book of Genesis, we, we find that God is creator, creator of all things, and he's created us. And, and I read this description um, of those, our first parents, Adam and Eve, those first human beings, that they were perfect people living in a perfect world in perfect relationship with God. How does that sound? I know I said this last Sunday. We're doing it a couple minutes again, okay? Um, perfect people living in a perfect world in perfect relationship with God. Imagine that. No tension between the people and God. No tension between each other. No conflict between people. No pollution, disease, injustice, violence, pain. That was the way God intended things to be. It was a state of shalom, the word, the Old Testament word for peace. And it's so much more than just peace as we think about it. This shalom, as God created things to be, was everything as he intended it to be. It was the th- way things were meant to be before they were broken. But as we reminded ourselves last Sunday, that wasn't enough for our first parents. That wasn't being a perfect person in a perfect world in perfect relationship with God wasn't enough for our first parents, Adam and Eve, and it wouldn't have been enough for us either because they put themselves first. They wanted more. They broke the one rule God had given them. They ate the fruit. It was an act of self-centered rebellion. It was an act of putting self first. It was an act of desiring autonomy and control and direction over their lives. It was an act of self-rule. I'm in charge. It's kingdom of me. I'm not willing to submit to kingdom of God. I'm going to do what's good for me. And, and, and lest we shake our fingers at our first parents, had we been dropped in those same circumstances, guess what? We'd have put self first too. So then what? So then God just writes us off. It's not worth it, he says. To those, those humans, what a disaster. It's not worth it. I'm not coming after them. I'm not going to rescue them. They've lost their chance. Or does our good and loving God, out of his good will and purpose, set about to bring about a rescue plan that includes peace with God? Long before Jesus... Long before Jesus, God's people put their hope in the coming Messiah, in the promised rescuer. God had told his people that he would, that he would send the rescuer, the Messiah. And so long before Jesus, God's people hoped for the Messiah. And several hundred years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words that Jackson has already read us this morning. Several hundred years before Jesus' birth, the prophet Isaiah writes, For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, 
and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We sang a line earlier this morning. The birth of Messiah has been long foretold. God's people hoped for the coming rescuer. And now, then, let's hear the story of that first advent. Advent is a word that means the coming or the arrival. And, and this is Advent season. We use these Sundays leading up to Christmas to, to celebrate Advent as we look forward to celebrating Jesus' first advent, his birth into the world 2,000 years ago. And knowing about his first advent also gives us opportunity to celebrate his coming future second advent when he will return and set all things right. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Love you to bring your Bible with you. Have it on your lap or get out your device and open your Bible app and find the Gospel of Luke. It's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are stories about Jesus' life. And in a moment, we'll read a few verses from Luke 2 just to remind us, even if we've heard it before, even if we think we've heard it too many times, even if we know it's Christmas season and we're supposed to talk about the birth of Jesus, the first advent, let's turn to Luke 2 and invite God's Word, the Bible, to speak into our lives. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn or in the guest room. And, the, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the promised Messiah, the Rescuer who was promised to come. For unto you, verse 11, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, read with me on the, from on the screen from Luke 2.14. Let's put it on the screen, please. Ready to read this with me? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. We've often heard um, this verse translated, perhaps, or we've heard in song lyrics something along the lines of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And maybe we focus too much, maybe we get a little too hopeful on the phrase peace on earth, because it's what we long for. 
Because we look around ourselves, we look within our family, we look within our, within our, our spheres of influence, we look in our community, we look in our world, and we long for there to be peace on earth. That sounds good. Rescuer, come. Messiah, come. And, and make it so that there's peace in our lives, peace in, in the world that we experience. But is that what the phrase means? Is that what we experience in this world? The first advent, again, as the Kents did such an excellent job leading us into, the first advent did not result. Jesus' arrival, and it was glorious. It was God taking on the flesh. It was God himself, Son of God, rescuer, come to live with us. And we know that he goes on to live the life that we cannot live and die the death that we deserve and be raised again to new life, making it possible for us to have life with God. That's good news, right? The first advent meant Jesus came, God with us. But the first advent did not result in peace in our circumstances, our roller coaster lives to straighten out and go the way we wanted them to. It, the, the first advent did not result in, in peace that, that we would refer to as, you know, in, in terms of lack of conflict or, or everything going smoothly. But the arrival of God into our world, the first advent, God Himself come to be with us, resulted in the most important peace peace with God. Peace between human beings, sinful, fallen, broken, rebellious human beings. Peace between us and a holy and perfect God. The first advent, Jesus' arrival 2,000 years ago, Jesus' birth into humanity, that first advent brought with it the only peace, the most important, the only true, the most important peace peace of salvation being found that despite our broken relationship with God, despite our sin breaking down that relationship, Jesus entered the world and gave us peace with God. Romans 5.1 is on the screen. We looked at it last Sunday too. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have put our faith in Jesus. If you have put your trust in Jesus, if you have recognized that you cannot save yourself, we come to the end of ourselves and we throw ourselves at God's mercy. We put our trust in him. We put our faith in Jesus. We know you are God's son. We know you have come to rescue us. We need you. Therefore, since we have been justified by our faith, justified means put back in relationship with God. That broken relationship between rebellious human beings and a holy and perfect God has been justified, been made right by putting our trust, our faith in Jesus. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have but the peace that matters, not peace of our circumstances, not peace in our relationships, not, not peace in terms of things going our way on this side of our earthly journey, but we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where when we look at, at Luke 2.14, when we look at that verse on the screen again that was at the end of our Luke 2 passage, and the, the angelic host appearing in the night sky to the shepherds and saying, glory to God in the highest. Say it with me again. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom 
He is pleased. That isn't promising peace on earth. That's not uh, offering peace of circumstances and lack of uh, conflict. That's saying God's favor rests on those who are in relationship with Him. Those of us that have put our trust in Jesus, those of us that have become a Christian, those of us that have put our trust in Jesus for salvation are the only ones that can know true peace. Followers of Jesus, people that have received God's free gift of salvation by putting our trust in Jesus are the ones who experience true peace because the gospel is the spectacularly good news that God rescues sinners like you and I through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Only those who know Jesus can know true peace. And so uh, you have the opportunity today to put your trust in Him. To not look to your circumstances or earthly things or things around you to find hope and peace, but to lift our eyes vertically and put our trust in Jesus. The good news of the gospel is that the first advent brought Jesus into the world, the promised rescuer who lived and died and was raised again so that we too can have life. And the good news of the gospel continues into us looking forward to the second advent, to his second coming, because we know in the future Jesus is coming back. And his return, his, his return, his second coming, his second advent will lead to peace. It will lead to the peace we're looking for now and can't find now. It will, it will, the, the thing is we are looking for peace in circumstances and relationships. When Jesus returns and sets all things right, we will have shalom, peace. Because the King will reign forever. The first advent brought peace that we need, peace between us and God. And so what do we experience on this side of eternity? What do we experience on this side of Christ's second coming? Jesus came into the world. He brought peace between us and God. We know that, our circum- we know that if we keep our eyes horizontal on our circumstances and relationships, that we still see turmoil and pain and conflict and brokenness. But what peace did Jesus bring into the world? What peace does Jesus offer to you that are following him? As we wait for the second advent, I think we can really find blessing in Jesus' words here. John 14, 27, that even though we didn't plan it, the Kent family's already read for you. Look with me on the screen. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not, let your hearts, let not your hearts, sorry, be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And then just a few verses later in John 16, Jesus says, I have said these things to you. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. In me, 
you may have peace. We still experience the chaotic challenges and pain and conflict and roller coaster circumstances in our life, but we get to journey with Jesus. We still experience the ups and downs of, of, of a lack of earthly peace, but he says, in me you may have peace. It's, it's peace of heart. It's peace of mind. It's peace of soul. Because in the midst of our difficulties, we get to journey it with Jesus. Amen? And then Philippians 4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And that passage continues this way. Where it just said to rejoice, where it just said that we should not be anxious about anything, that we can come to him in prayer, that verse ends this way. Philippians 4, 7 on the screen. Is it there or did I not send it to you? I didn't send it to you. I just remembered that I didn't send it to you. Philippians uh, 4, that passage ends this way, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I love, I've been listening to a worship song recently that, that includes the lyric, I've got peace that makes no sense. Have you experienced that peace from God? Our circumstances and our, our, and our relationships and the roller coaster of our horizontal earthly life does not look peaceful. But I've got peace that makes no sense. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what do we, now what? What do we do with that? Where does that peace take us? Where do we benefit from this peace? How, and how might God's peace want to impact the world. I mean, we've heard the blessings this morning to us. We've heard the, the blessings this morning that, that in Christ we can have peace, and in Christ we have the only true, most necessary peace, peace with God. Reconciliation between sinful, broken sinners and a holy and perfect God. We've got peace with God. And so, yes, this morning we know that we have peace to us. For those that follow Christ, for those that are submitted to him. What else might God want to do, church family? With the peace he's given you. With the peace poured out to your heart. With the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. With the peace I've got in the midst of messed up circumstances. That The peace that makes no sense. As that fills me up. As that peace comes into my life. Does it overflow out of me? Does the peace that fills you up, that's made you right with God, that Jesus says, I've left you with my peace, does it so fill up your life that it overflows out of you that you can't help but spill peace to those around you? Because God making peace between us and Him enables us to find peace with each other. And it gives us an opportunity to be proclaimers of peace and pointing people around us that are hurting and desperate to find peace in their lives those in Christ that have received true peace have the opportunity to point 
to the Prince of Peace. So it's not just peace for us. It's what does God want to do with His peace to us through us? I was thinking this week about, um, probably because I saw something online, um, you ever watch online or on, on, on TV show and you see, you, see a, you come across a great feel-good story? You know what I'm talking about? You come across these human interest stories, these, these, these feel-good stories. How many like feel-good stories? How many like me sometimes end up with like, this weird like, wetness in your eye after you watch a feel-good story? Yeah. It, it's you know, these stories where, where human beings are kind to other human beings. These stories where, where, where they see needs in others around them and they meet needs. You know the stories I'm talking about? The, 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 the stories where people get outside of, of kingdom of self and, and want to serve others, see bigger than themselves and serve others. And so then you come across, whether it's on TV or online or, or on social media, you come across these feel-good stories and you see, wow, isn't that great? The way that person encouraged someone else. The way that group of people rallied and, and, and were supportive. The way that love was shown to this person. You know the feel-good stories I'm talking about? Where are those coming from? Who, 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 is, who is making those happen? Who is bringing hope to our world? Who is bringing peace where people are looking for peace in the wrong places? Is it Christians? Is it you? Is it me? Is it our church family? To where if Faith Church somehow... I'm not talking about the building. What am I talking about when I say Faith Church? The people of God on the mission of God, if Faith Church were suddenly to disappear from Dallas, Oregon, if, if, if somehow there was no more Faith Church the building, if, even if there was somehow no more Faith Church the people, what would be missed? What, what was making a difference? What was looking around to the needs of others? What was bringing and pointing to where there's ultimate hope? What was seeing the circumstances that are broken and painful and hurting and bringing peace into the world? God wants to fill you with his peace so that you overflow with peace, so that you can point others to the Prince of Peace, so that you can have peace between you and others. The Bible says, uh, we've been studying you know, in recent months the Sermon on the Mount and very, toward the very beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount was Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 where Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. As God works in us, he wants to work through us. As the Prince of Peace brings about a peace that makes no sense for us, we have the opportunity to point others to the author of life, the Prince of Peace, we have an opportunity to ask God to help us be peacemakers in the world around us. Hope is a person, and his name is Emmanuel. Hope is a person, and his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. 
And the first Advent that we're, that we're getting ready to celebrate, when we, look, when we think about Christmas and we think about the arrival of Jesus, we, the, that first Advent brought about the peace of God's salvation. Peace with God. Peace between God and man. And as we await Jesus' second Advent, as we await Him, him coming again, we can have peace. A peace that makes no sense, even in the midst of our circumstances. And by his grace, may we be peacemakers that are conduits, carriers, proclaimers of his peace to the world around us. May our lives and our words point to the Prince of Peace. Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We thank you for the gift of the Bible, of, written, of your written word that we can look to, that we can see you in, that we can hear from you. Father in heaven, this Advent season, we again just recognize our need for you. Would you pull our eyes upward? Would you... Would you help us to look away from the distractions of, of, of horizontal circumstances and broken relationships and conflict and difficulties and pain and suffering? Would you help us to not look for or hope for peace in those things or find our heart's meaning or heart's peace in those things? But God, would you draw our eyes upward that we might focus on Christ who reigns at the right hand of God, who reigns over all things, the Prince of Peace, whether we've been walking with Jesus for many years or whether we don't yet know if we're a Christian, God, I pray that you would work in our lives right now to lift our eyes, to find our hope in Jesus, to find our peace in Jesus. We need you. And as we continue to celebrate this Christmas season, this Advent season, I pray that in the midst of schedules, and responsibilities and distractions that we would see you that we would thank you for sending your son that we would remember that first advent the coming of God into our world and may it give us hope may it allow us to live at peace trusting you and looking forward to your return we worship you now with our lives. We give our offerings. We lift our voices. We say our prayers. We, we care for our church family, all as acts of worship, all in these next few minutes as ways of expressing our thankfulness, of lifting our voices in song to remind us, to remind each other of your greatness and your goodness. We love you, Lord. We need you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.